fulfillment of all my hard work, my grit, resilience. And I get to sit back and just watch other people flourish or other therapists, give them a place to work that's what they went into school for, right? Um, And allow people to come through our door to get true healing. You're listening to Lead Through Values, where America's Chief Culture Officer, James Mayhew, helps you create a high-performance workplace by building strong leaders, enhancing communication, and accelerating productivity. And now, here's your host, James Mayhew. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Lead Through Values. This is James, and guess what? Today is guest day. And because it's guest day, you get to hear uh, some really powerful lessons and uh, experiences from none other none other than Melissa White. Uh, and before we jump into our conversation, this is I just wanted to introduce you to her. Um, she and I have been working together for about a year and a half, and as I've gotten to know her, I'm just like Melissa. People need to hear some of this backstory. It, it is very inspiring. Uh, it is it is moving, and I think it just really hammers home the importance of of grit and determination and uh, this refusal to to give up. Uh, so you you're in for a real treat today. So here's a little bit of a background for Melissa uh, before we begin the conversation. Uh, Having struggled to recover from a serious car accident, Melissa White became an occupational therapist to help others who have suffered injuries. Today, she has a mission to empower people, cultivate change, and improve health by educating and motivating people to own their health and well-being. She founded Balanced Fitness and Health in 2015, leveraging her experience in the medical system and knowledge of psychological factors to apply a proactive approach to injury prevention and recovery from surgery and chronic pain. We're going to jump right in. I hope you enjoy it and we'll catch you on the other side. I don't know. You were a little reluctant at first. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's vulnerability. Um, It's a word that has a lot of negativity to it Mm. and weakness. Yeah. And you know, one thing people don't want to be is weak yeah. in the world that we're in. You want to be strong. But when you can sit with that word and really think about it, it's actually a word of hope and joy. Because if you can be vulnerable, which is exactly what I am <laughs> inside yeah. of me, that's yeah. how I started my business was vulnerability um, mm. and being authentic. You know, that's something that I will go to my grave with is that I have integrity and that I'm who I am and who I say I am. Um, So that's how I practice. That's the business I built up and that's why I feel that we're successful. Um, That's who I wanna be as a mom and Mm -hmm. to show my kids. So vulnerability (laughs) is definitely something that I don't like to talk about, um, but it gives gives you freedom. Do you think that that's something that's happened like in modern times where it's not cool to be vulnerable? Oh, absolutely. And I almost wonder too, there, I think there are times when people use vulnerability in a manipulative way, like, and I don't really want to go there on the podcast, but I just want to make that statement that I do believe that there are times that people can actually use that to get what they want. And that's not clearly what you're talking about. And I think the the vulnerability too, you know, from um, the male perspective, 
Like men, men always struggled with that. You're not supposed to show your emotions. Like I, before I got into this business, I don't remember if I'd ever told you this or not, but I did, I had a photography studio back in the nineties. I shot pictures of families and seniors and, um, weddings and all these moments of people's lives. And I was always so frustrated when the, the, the patriarch of the family, he wouldn't smile. And I, and I would bring him over to the side and I would say, can I just let you know something? I know you don't want to be here today. And yet, if you don't smile, that's going to be the thing that you're going to leave behind. Do you want people to perceive you as that tough? And like, what do you want your kids and your grandkids to remember you by? And, and usually that helped, but not always. And, and I think that was just one of those things where it was, yeah, I just don't like having my picture taken or I'm concerned about this. Or I'm said, well, my job is to make sure that you don't look silly, you know, and just kind of reassure people. So, so on this vein of, of vulnerability and what, what you're talking about here, um, what do you, what did you mean when you said your business was built on vulnerability? Well, I think it goes back to some stories, um, of my life. Um, one of the biggest ones that's been the most impactful for, for where I'm at, um, with getting my degree in psychology and working with mental health is that my dad committed suicide when I was 17. Mm. Um, you know, fighting a lot of battles. Mm -hmm. My parents had been divorced, so I, he wasn't an active part of my life. Um, but that stuck with me, right? Somebody yeah, that sure. takes their life and doesn't want to say goodbye, mm -hmm. um, doesn't feel there's hope um, or, or anything that can help him. So what I learned from his suicide is that he had had a work injury. Um, he had rolled a tractor onto someone, um, put that person in critical care, and he ended up dying. Oh, wow. So think about the hurt and pain that my dad he was, was suffering. It. Oh, my goodness. And he was carrying. It didn't take long. I mean, it was just within a few weeks of that work injury. Oh, you wow. You know, that okay. incident. Um, you know, I went to the funeral by myself. Hmm. I drove to Wisconsin from Iowa in my car at 17 because I didn't want to hmm. put any hurt or burden on anyone else. Sure. Met my family that I didn't know that I really had. I didn't have a full connection with them. Wow. Um, and what the vulnerability behind that is raw, right? It's, it's hard. Um, but there was bravery for me to go do that. Tons um, but, of bravery. Yeah. Like I, I can't imagine <laughs> being your age Yeah. and making that decision to do that on my own. Yeah. So that's where the grit started, you know, well, it started before that, but oh, my sure. mom was definitely, you know, being a single parent yep. and watching her work ethic and having a family owned business. My grandparents owned a jewelry store. Mm -hmm. um, my mom worked there all the time. You know, their hours during Christmas, which was my memories was nine to nine oh, at the yeah. jewelry store, yep. nine to five on Saturdays and noon to four on Sundays. Yeah. So I grew up learning great work ethic. Um, but what that incident and that moment taught me in going into the therapy profession, like I knew at the age of 17, I was going to go be a therapist and get a degree in mental health. You, you know, knew at 17? I did. Yeah. And, and do you, was it as a result of these things that you had gone through or were you, I mean, had, had you had some inkling before that? Yeah. You know, I was leaning, I, my great grandma helped raise me. Um, while my mom worked all the time. So we kept her in her home. 
and I was there. So she would make homemade bread and cookies for me and I'd walk to her house from school. And so she helped raise me. I watched my grandma and my mom help give her showers, you know, just take care of her in her home. So she didn't have to go to a nursing home. And so that kind of just stirred me up. You know, she had been a nurse in the war. Um, And I thought, okay, I don't want to be a nurse because I don't like blood, (laughs) (laughs) but I want to help people. And how do I do that? So that's when I kind of discovered, you know, for me, occupational therapy. And because I wanted to take more of a holistic approach to people's care. Um, I really, really was interested then in mental health, right? So when I went into college, it's like I'm diving into my research in mental health. I had an internship in Frederick, Maryland um, with helping people in their community uh, with mental health live independently. So taking someone with schizophrenia, they'd heard 90 voices in his head, lived in the basement, Wow. took him to the grocery store to help him. You know, that was scary. Sure would be. <laughs> yeah, but I'm continually driven to help in mental health. Something that's really played off, you know, with starting Balance Fitness and Health is we, this is what we do. Hmm. We see work comp injuries, right? It has such a bad rep, I mean, rap out there because it's something like, oh, I don't want to work with work comp because, you know, there's, they're faking it or they're really not hurt. Um, And that, that's a hard thing to hear because a lot of people just need to be heard. That, I hope people are listening to that because that is something I teach all the time with business clients. You just hit it. People need to be heard. It's, it's, it's part of our human makeup. It's our humanity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is. And man, we, we could just take this whole episode that way, right. honestly, but, but keep going with, with, yeah. uh, where you were going on that. It's, that's powerful. You know, and that's something with starting balanced fitness and health. I came out of working in the traditional healthcare model, right? You just get people in. It's a mill. You get them in, get them out. Mm-hmm. Maybe see two or three people at once. Sure. You know, because it's about revenue, making money. I didn't go to school for that. I yeah. went to school to help people. And that is what I want to do here. And that's what I continue to do. You know, been in business since 2015. Not one thing has changed in the way that we practice. We have private treatment rooms. You get an hour with each client. Mm-hmm. And you focus on their holistic healing from an injury. So it's not just about, oh, do you need to walk better? Or we need to help your knee. We need to help your back. It's about how are you, how are you dealing with your pain? You know, what are your struggles? Um, I just question, you know, if somebody would have listened to my dad, maybe he could have been here, right? Hmm. Maybe he could have gotten a, a phone call from the company. Say, it's okay. What if somebody could have smiled at him at a grocery store, right? And said, hey, how's your day? Maybe he could have still been alive and maybe not. His struggles were his struggles. But, you know, one thing I teach my kids is there's two things that are free and that's manners (laughs) and Mm. kindness. Sure. And when they're getting down a path of negativity or, hey, this is his fault, you know, it's like, be kind, right? That is just something that we need in this world. And that is missing. And yeah. In this day, th- like right now, this is August of 2022. Kindness is needed desperately. Mm-hmm. There is a lack of it. You know, I just, I, the way the whole uh, climate is charged right now, it's, it's very polarizing. And um, I feel like kindness is one of those things that is undervalued. Right. Hmm. 
people need to be heard. And so one of the things that you shared with me in the time that we've worked together and, and, uh, I've had, uh, an opportunity to see some behind the scenes stuff I've worked with, um, your entire group. One of the things that you said to me that, that just really surprised me. And then, I mean, at first was you, you had talked about, um, the fact that some of your therapists here or, and you also have probably helped people not commit suicide. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that typical in this line of work? Cause it doesn't seem typical in this line of work. You, you, know, you heard people, you were there, you, you maybe caught something is like, mm-hmm. can you elaborate without giving anything away? Absolutely. So it's hard to put if you haven't been injured and you haven't been hurt, but just going to your doctor's office or, or somewhere, you know, you go and you check in and the reception, they look at they look at you, they get your insurance card, but they don't ask how your day is. How are you doing? Make eye contact. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning, you're in pain, you're vulnerable, you're hurting. You probably and, haven't been sleeping well. Yeah. You've got stress. Maybe you're not eating well as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, All of those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Financial issues potentially because yeah. you're out of work. Yeah. Who knows? Yes. Okay. So you go back and then you sit in a waiting room. Right. Or out in the waiting room for a good 15 minutes. So your appointment was at 10. You maybe don't get pulled back until 10, 15. You sit there for another 40 minutes or half an hour. And you're starting to not feel like anybody cares. Right. Like I'm not a priority. And that's not what we do here. That's not my practice. You walk in, you get greeted um, with kind heartedness. Again, a smile, a caring, you know, warmth in the way that you ask how someone is doing. So that's that's when you walk in the door, yeah. is what my expectation is. Yeah. And then if their appointment's at 10 o'clock, they get seen at 10 o'clock. And if you're running a couple of minutes late, you say, I'm so sorry, I'm on my way, so that they feel important. Yes. You take them back into a private treatment room and you listen. And you dive in and you become vulnerable yourself as a therapist, right? Ask those questions. You know, how are you doing? How's your mental health? You know, not not like they don't have to dive into a lot, but how are you coping with with your, with your injury, mm-hmm. you know, are you sleeping? And as you evolve, how's your, how's your marriage? How are things playing out with this injury? You dive into that and they start to trust you, right? They start talking. And it is, like you said, we just talked about men, right? <laughs> right? right. And that is a big percentage. Those, that's our heavy workforce labor. Sure. Um, and so we get those construction workers. We get the people working maintenance in the hospitals that are close to retirement they've they've been you know working hard their entire lives and it's hard for them to show emotion but when you can when you can take that time with that person ask the right questions uh, you can really provide healing not only of that injury but of you know their their health yeah. and um let me let me ask you and, and maybe we can dive into a little bit more of the details here. How do you like I kind of know, but I would like our listeners to be able to understand your perspective on this. How do you uh, get your therapist to listen well like that? It's a challenge because, again, I have life experience, right? Um, but you have to share that. You have to be, you know, you have to coach um, some of the physical therapists, their training is not in psychology. 
Um, it's more in the, the sciences. So you have to take that time to lead through example, um, to, you know, we all went into healthcare. <laughs> the people that are in healthcare went in to help people, yeah, right? right? You don't go into healthcare if you want to be an engineer or you want to be an architect. You're not going to come in and be like, oh, great, I got to listen and touch <laughs> <Sure>. people. <laughs> like, this <laughs> is weird. And just like, I want to go do their job. But so we're all here to help. A lot of times you just have to have the time. And that's something that I'm able to provide for the therapist is to really listen to the people and to understand them and to grow relationships, right? Because that's what a lot of it is lacking in healthcare. You go from maybe you see a doctor, then you go to a PA, then you got the nurse, you got so many people a part of it. And, and that's in the therapy world, right? You don't sometimes, and if you haven't had therapy, it's hard to know what I'm even talking about, but you're not always seen by the same therapist. You're mm-hmm. kind of pushed around to a whole bunch of different people. And here it's about that holistic care um, where we can gain their trust, gain their relationship. And with that, I mean, it has been empowering. It has been so empowering. Um for me to hear stories, to have people give us hugs when they leave, to mm-hmm. come visit us <laughs> years later. I mean, we have great relationships with people um, that have been here for therapy, uh, that are almost like family. And that's what I that's what's I feel is missing in healthcare is that we don't come together and support the people that are that are hurting. I always believe too, and and I know you have the exact same viewpoint on this. Is that um, uh, you you have to create a great employee experience to create a great customer experience, mm-hmm. right? So, so those are things that I know that you're working on internally to do also. So, what what are some of those things that you do to help uh, mentor, guide, and and teach, uh, train? Uh, and, and even create accountability with your therapist. Because, you know, again, you said it, you have a, a background, you have life experiences that have, um, I mean, clearly shaped how you want to treat people, how you want to run this business. Others come in and they, they're fresh out of college, they're fresh out of school. They are, uh, they're excited because they're going to go help people and this is what they, they got to do. But they probably didn't learn the things that you're wanting them to do well above being a clinician and a great therapist. Uh, so what are the things that you're doing to help build that with them? You know, I think that definitely the work that we've done with you, developing our core values and and behaviors behind it are just so awesome because we're able to come together as a team and build those together. And I think as it evolves, then my my whole ideas of when I started Balanced Fitness and Health. And of course, in 2015, you know, like when I came here to actually open up a full size clinic was like, oh my gosh, I'm not gonna be able to find anybody to do what I do, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, nope, I'm doing everything. But then you realize you can't do everything yourself. And so then you have to trust other people to come in. So bringing it all together into having core behaviors, you're able to to take your heart, what you envision every year, every day of having your own business, and you get to put it into words and action, like integrity. Like what does that mean, Mm -hmm. right? What does that mean for balanced fitness and health? Mm -hmm. Not just 
everybody else's perspective of integrity. Cause like you said, you know, everybody's is sure. different, yeah. but here it's what is balanced fitness and health's integrity and having everybody else's buy-in, man, that opens up how we need to communicate with people, how we mm-hmm. need to practice. What is our intentions? Um, and passion, you know, like that's one of our core behaviors and things. Well, you've really taken a coaching mindset with your, your therapist. Yes. And, um, and I know that always, that's not always easy because everybody's different and they're coming from different experiences. Uh, you've got a wide range of, of ages and backgrounds and some are parents and some are, are not even married, you know, and, and, uh, they're young. So, um, what's some of the challenges of, of coaching, uh, taking that mindset of coaching in business? What are some of the things that you've run into and, and maybe what are, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you, you can share with others? Sure. So I am a very direct person, yeah. <laughs> meaning that, and I pretty much say that whenever somebody comes on, if you have an issue, you need to come to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking behind backs. I don't like somebody stewing over something. Yeah. This is a no <laughs> drama place. No right drama here. place. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And we have all women. Yeah. So, and not that it matters in that end, but it could be sure. <laughs> a very unhealthy un, you know, place to work. But when you work, you're there more than you are at home. So if it's unhealthy and it's toxic, then that's not what I want. I mean, again, you know, just like we take care of our people and we want the best for them and we want them to leave satisfied and happy and whole. We, I want that for the therapist when they leave, right? That's what we want. Um, So there's enough drama and issues in the world. We don't need that at work. So for me, realizing that not everybody else is direct, <laughs> not everybody else, I can just go and be like, hey, you need to do, 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 do you know, this. Sure. Yeah. How did it go with this client? I think you should try this. Um, respecting that everyone is different. And yeah, you you know, you know that when with my psych background, I know that people have struggles or different ways of coping. But when you start to realize how people's communication styles might be different, their listening skills might be different mm-hmm. not that they're stressed or they're not happy you know that kind of stuff i feel pretty good at right because that's something i do every day how's yeah. your stress level how is your sleep but to actually think through okay i need to deal with this employee a little bit differently maybe they like an email first to prepare them for a conversation we're going to mm-hmm. have yeah um this person i can go right to them and they don't want to sit they want to just Let's let's deal with it. Let me put it on my list and let me check off the list. Yeah. Um, so respecting other people's styles of communication, of listening, of understanding um, is so that is so much depth to that as a leader. Because yeah. this, like I said again, when I started my business, it, I just wanted to take care of just make what I made in the traditional healthcare model. Right. I did not ever have business experience. <laughs> I remember you telling me yeah. these things and I was like, well, man, you're, you're blowing that out of the water. I have. Yeah. Yes. But it's been vulnerable. Again, yeah. there's that word, a lot of grit, a lot of resilience in this. It has been hard. Um, I'm not the most intelligent person. You know, when you start a business, you think, Oh, they're, they're great. They know everything. They have their life together. I didn't have my life together. <laughs> you know, there's a whole nother story down that path um, of how I started Balance Fitness and Health and left the traditional healthcare model, right? And that it's just, it's it's a challenge <laughs> to, to continue to evolve and expand. It's not comfortable. 
I just don't want anybody to think, oh, it's so easy to lead. It's so easy to, you know, to do these things. You got to work at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that has been my, my challenge for myself this past year is leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want everybody to like me. You well, okay, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A good we've one, had right? good, good, good conversations around that. Um, you, you're in a, a very driven person, and you've shared that with me. I mean, that's been part of who you are from growing up. And I, we've done Strengths Finder, and we we can trace that back to like that's part of your DNA. But you also had those examples from the grandparents and the mom about that work ethic. And that led you into like, I would just kind of like to, to give our readers a little bit more history uh, in your life that you've shared with me before, which is like makes you who you are, which you were in a, be- a serious car accident. I was. You know, so like to yeah. kind of take us back a little bit through um, uh, you were a high school athlete. I was. A successful high school athlete. And you had college opportunity. Uh, so let's just kind of pick up and go through there. And then where I want to kind of take this is talk to, talk to me uh, uh, about what was happening in that 2015 area too. So we'll get to that. All right. Yeah. All right. So high school, you know, I had the opportunity to go pit play sports for college, volleyball and basketball. I chose to focus on my education, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I had to pay for my college. Th- and right there to me, that was such a mature decision to make Mm -hmm. that's that's hard because man there's there's so much that athletics can provide for you and and clearly enjoyment and that level of competition but you made a decision to what essentially retire well yeah i'd maybe do it for fun a little bit different yeah yeah. more intramural and and you know so the opportunity for me was to go to get my undergrad in psychology mm-hmm. and get my master's in occupational therapy and get it done in five years. If I chose to play sports, it would have taken me a year longer. Mm-hmm. With scholarships even, it's still a lot of money when you go to a private college. That was the only one in Iowa, was in Davenport, St. Yep. Ambrose, that I could have gone to. So I didn't. I couldn't put that burden on a single parent <laughs> to pay for my college, right? So I worked my butt off to do volunteer in high school to get as many scholarships as I could. So needless to say, go to college, get started, um, driven to get this done in five years, 21 years old, stupid mistake, get in a car with somebody who had been drinking, Mm. drinking and driving, and we rolled the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Not only did we roll it side to side, front to back off the interstate, I was in critical care. At the age of 21, first time going to Iowa City Hmm. and was at the University of Iowa. I went home for just a short period of time and to take care of myself. Um, I had an amazing like student counselor or, you know, not counselor, but the people that help you when you first enter a new school, guidance counselor kind of thing. And she was willing, if I helped her watch her kids (laughs) over the summer, that she would let me live with her because I couldn't lay my back. I was um, potentially going to be paralyzed. Well, what were your injuries? Yeah, my injuries were, I was bed rest um, because I had vertebrae damage in my low back. So, and then my sciatic nerve was pinched and there was potential for me to be paralyzed from the waist down. So kind of scary, For right? Sure. But I wasn't. <laughs> so there's that drive, right? And that determination to keep going. So lots of blessings, um, lots of fear, 
during that time as well. But I didn't. One thing I knew I didn't want to do was take a year off of school. They kept pushing me. Even my family is trying to support me. Take a year off. Just take care of yourself. And I said, no, I have to keep going. So was able to continue, get my schooling done within those five years. But the reason for that story is that I've suffered with chronic pain, right? I've had issues with my back. Even to um, this day still? Oh, yeah. Okay. Even to this day. All right. Um, it'll flare up. I have issues in my left leg. Okay. Um, and I know what chronic pain feels like. So <laughs> uh, I can relate. And that's something that's been such a, I mean, again, another blessing. Things that people look at as negative, they give up, they fail. I have been so blessed to be able to have grit and determination and an inner strength to continue going. So that was through my my 20s. You know, it was all yeah. me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like I did this. I got you. But I'm I know gonna, where you're going. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So then we get into 2014. And I quit my full-time job mm-hmm. at a traditional, you know, healthcare setting to do my own business. And I go for additional training, schooling to become personal trainer and nutrition coach so that I can really truly be able to treat a person holistically. And, and if I remember right, you told me you you didn't want to have employees. You didn't want to have a I building. You, you just wanted to like... I want to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. a small room in the chiropractor's office. Yeah. I was able to coach people. You were going to do it. Just you. Just me. Yeah. And I just wanted to help people get their lives back, right? Living in chronic pain. Yeah. Um, I wanted to help them know, put an exercise program figure out what they need to eat and just help them live with their chronic pain, you know, work through the mental health issues related to all of those things that happen when you're in pain. Um, During this time in 2014, I went through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I left um, my home and took, my daughter was three and my son was one and a half. I was a single parent, Mm -hmm. um, primary care, doing everything and having no job. Wow. Like just, wow. Mm -hmm. Resilience, determination and grit with this. Tons of courage though. Yeah. And, and I'm going to drop the word now faith. Cause I know we're going to talk about that, but Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. It was hard. And I don't want to sugarcoat this whole podcast with positivity and kindness because it was hard. (laughs) I mean, life was, I had no sleep. I was, I, I, I can't even, I, it's just so hard to even put myself back into the way that I felt, but you're lost. The only thing that kept me going was my faith. And I was developing my faith in 2014. So before that, in my twenties, like I said, mm-hmm. it was all about me and my strength and determination because I had turned away from God when my dad had killed himself okay i turned away because i didn't feel he loved me and that you know there's no way that i deserve that when you're taking things away from me but in my through the divorce god called me back which has been Mm. so amazing so i was baptized (laughs) again i was baptized as a child but i was baptized for real um you know, everybody has all these book recommendations and ways for self-help and, and leadership. 
for me, it was the word. For me, it was the Bible. Mm. For me, it was post-it notes plastered all over the townhouse with my kiddos. Um, it drove me. And, I, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to pay rent. I honestly did not know how I was going to go month to month with not having a job mm-hmm. and building my business. Um, but what I would do is I would pray and I would say, you know, just God, just help bring somebody to want to work with me. Yeah. And I'd get a call the next day. I mean, and it, I don't know if, you know, like you sit there and you're like, oh, sure. Yeah. Well, God doesn't listen to me that way. The thing is, is I just give the glory to God. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so when good things happen, you just, and, and bat, you just say, God, take this from me. <laughs> yeah. Or you say, thank you. So yeah. even when we get a new contract or a new person comes in that we have really helped and impacted, thank you, God, for this opportunity and these blessings that we have here. And that's how I started to look at life during the hardest time. The, you know, I There were so many times I wanted to say, I'm going to go back. I'm gonna just going to go back to work. I'm going to go work in a nursing home. I'm just going to make money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that didn't bring me joy. Mm-hmm. And that was not the mom I wanted to be to my kids. Mm-hmm. I want them to see strength. I want them to see grace. I want them to see kindness. I want them to, to be proud of me. You know, I wasn't proud of myself <laughs> a lot through my life. I mean, it's dumb choices. You know, you go through a divorce, you're lost, you lose a lot of friendships. It's not the norm. But the church, you know, people surrounded me, gave me an opportunity to to really um, connect. And from there, I just kept fighting. I kept fighting for the business, um, for what I believed in, you know, just developing a logo (laughs) out there. There's so much heart inside of that, picking the colors, picking the idea. And, you know, I, it's hard for me to say work-life balance, you know, so my business is called balanced fitness and health with a scale of balancing life, right? Like got to balance it. Oh my gosh. That is so challenging to, you know, in those moments in my life during that, there, there's no balance. The balance was like, yes, I got two hours of sleep. You know, my son didn't wake me up today, but I got my exercise in. So that helped balance my scale, you know, of like life. And it was like, yes, I got a phone call. Yes, I get to work and I'm available 24 hours a day to these people, to help them coach them on life while I can't even coach myself or take care of myself. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of grit, right? Successful now. I feel very blessed. I have two clinics, great team, a therapist. I have an amazing husband and dad to my two kids now. And it ha- life is life is great. And But as I reflect back, it was still great during those times because it taught me that through the darkest walks and through the just, just the hard times in life that God is there. Jesus walking right beside you, Mm -hmm. but you are worth it, right? Believe in yourself, give yourself grace, you know, and easier said than done. Very easier said than done for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And grit through it. (laughs) You know, uh, you and I've talked about it. Uh, and I talk about it with clients usually, you know, 
behind the doors, you know, not, not out in, in public because we're getting into some deeper stuff with people and I will pass along something that, um, a good friend of mine, Mark taught me and he, and he, and when my business was struggling, um, he said, he said, James, let me just remind you of something, bro. Cause that's how he always acts. He's like, bro, I want you to know that if Jesus has led you to it, he's going to lead you through it. He has already walked there before you just be obedient, just follow, just believe. And I went, man, that's so huge. Thank you for sharing that with me. Because it was a reminder of like, if you've been called to something, you know, there there's a certainty in you that you just know that things are going to work out. Right. Even when the people closest to you and surrounding you are like, what are you doing? Have you fell off the wagon? Right? They think yeah. you're crazy. Oh, yeah. They just can't see it. And they don't want you to get hurt. Mm-hmm. They don't want to see you fail. They don't think they could ever see themselves doing it. So they give us advice and they try to give us their opinion. And they mean well, but sometimes we can listen to that too much. And we stop listening to that reminder inside. And and that to me is a really interesting thing is like people oftentimes, like right now I'm putting my hand over like my diaphragm, my chest, my abdomen area and making a circle because there's this thing that everybody does. They talk about this inward feeling and sometimes it's unrest and sometimes it's, it's this motivation to move. And I have learned that if I ignore that, it doesn't go away or I may do things where I, I cause it to be like a, from a positive to like a, a negative. And I feel again, upset unrest, And that's when you have to make a decision. Is that, that is so true. That is exactly it. It's a fire. It's a burning, you know? Yeah. And it's, you know, for, for part of me too. And this, some people that don't feel that that might be listening, be like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's also this like daily, like if you don't like what you're doing and you don't like where life is, what your job is, you know, you go home and you're grumpy, you're everything. That's not your calling. No. And there you, life is about happiness and joy and you got to find it. So have the determination and resilience and believe in yourself, you know, and, and then you'll start feeling the fire, right? Sometimes it's just burn out because you're exhausted. You're, you don't believe, maybe everybody's got stories, right? Right. So maybe their story isn't about taking that drive forward. Maybe it's about dealing with depression and anxiety and suicide thoughts. You're not going to feel that burning and that fire. You're going to feel sweltered. You're going to feel heaviness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you got to keep fighting and you got to keep moving forward day after day, moment after moment to find your joy and you have to find it and you got to seek help and finding it. Right. I mean, like you you either. Yeah. yeah, You got to find the people that build you up and don't question you and don't break you down. Because if you got yourself surrounded by that, like you said, like people are kind of like, are you sure? They might have the great intentions, but yet it's also like, you you know, it's not letting you free yourself from it. You've talked about your ultra high responsibility. I've talked about that with you. That's a gift that that you have in uh, a level that most people can't relate to. Can you share some of the struggles 
of when you have ultra high responsibility, like I've talked with people, including you about, we can impress that responsibility unfairly on others because like you think this way and you automatically, cause it's through your lens of strength, automatically think everybody else has that level and that's kind of the, the danger zone. So what have you learned about that piece? Sure. So I think from my point, what I really struggle with is trust. Um, it's, oh, it's always hard for me to trust that someone else is going to do how I, the things I want them to do mm-hmm. and do it the right way and that they have the same intentions that I do. So I have to really challenge myself. Sure. Like, is this past trust issues? Is this your own personal garbage that you're stirring up? thinking that people have ill intent instead of like, I just don't know what you want, Melissa, right? right? right. Like, this is not, I don't work like you do. Like, I'm doing the best I can for you. And so I have to challenge those thoughts with me. So you have to self-reflect first, Mm. right? You have to think, how was my day? Did I get enough sleep? Sure. What's my attitude like coming into work today? Am I going to build the team up? Or should I maybe step back and just do what I got to get done here? So that's number one. Check in with yourself. Okay. (laughs) It's good. Yeah. Number two is, you know, for me, if I'm super stressed, my to-do list, because I'm a checklister, or, you know, a check, 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 high, (laughs) is what the heck is on that list, right? right? So I have had to actually, and my husband has helped with this because he's calculated, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which Mm -hmm. really complements my personality for sure, is to take that list and categorize, right? So I have it on my computer and there's to do today. And then there's really not as important of a thing to do. Mm-hmm. Then there's a delegate and then there's a get the heck out of, you know, forget it's, it. It's great. Forget exactly. it. Yeah. And so that is not just one big long checklist. Cause that's what I do. Cause my brain gets all over the place. So separate your to-do list into those categories and just focus on today. And if that is even like number one, what are you grateful for? Right? So I try to do that every morning as I'm driving in because now we live out in Shuyville, um, and I drive still into Hiawatha. So a good 20 minute commute. And I focus on just a few things that I'm really grateful for, right? Like that, well, here's a great one that I do all the time. God could have made everything black and white, but he gave us color. Hmm. He gave us a sun rising and the sun setting. He gave us the blue sky, right? The Mm -hmm. trees, the snow. I mean, even on those really crappy days, try to find something that you're grateful for. So come in with a positive attitude. And that'll light up your work force, right? If you're a leader, you got to have a positive attitude. And then you just, you hold, you hold people capable of what they can do, right? Like it's, you may have higher expectations of certain things, but because of people's age difference, educational difference, you know, just all those different stages of mm-hmm. life, <laughs> you kind of have to step back and say, okay, what are you, you know, what are you capable of? And you have to know your team. You have to know their life. You have to care about the struggles that potentially they're going through too and try to build them up. So doesn't mean that I accept <laughs> performance issues or right. lack of you know, right. being on time or care that, you know, because there's still those core behaviors that are need to be followed. Right. But just stepping back and maybe honestly, I was realizing 
and where I'm at <laughs> as a leader and how much I can push another person and just to be focused. Because if I'm super stressed and busy, it definitely plays out in the way that I talk to the team. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. The, you know, we, we always talk about this in culture is, is the culture goes the way of the leader. So if you are, if you, you know, like all the ways that we create accidental culture is, is if you're stressed and constantly hurried, you, that's what you create around you. You create chaos and mess around you because you're not communicating well or you're pushing too fast or taking too much on and things like that. So no, it's even what you talked about with, um, you know, around delegating or prioritizing, um, you know, it got me thinking about, well, we teach delegating all the time too. Most people don't know that skill. They haven't developed that skill. They haven't developed the skill of feedback or how to create accountability. Um, and, and even mistake things like feedback and advice or kindness and being nice. Right. And I, that's a blog that I was actually, or it's going to be a podcast actually that I'm writing this morning. It was talking about the difference between kindness and being nice. And that's in a bigger picture of, of why your team isn't always being truthful with you. You know, cause as a leader, we can always say, Hey, uh, my door's open. Uh, I welcome your open, honest, you know, feedback. I, I want to hear the truth from you, but because you might be the person that cuts their, their check or does their evaluation has the power to fire them or promote them or demote them. Any, any, and all of those things, people are measured. And, and that just comes with authority. So the whole thing is, is like, how do we create a space where people can um, truly be open with us and transparent with us and, and fully honest, you know, uh, so we can get that. That's, and, and you're working toward those things. Right. I've done that. I just want people that maybe don't believe in their capabilities and just continue to go down a path you know, one thing being in the traditional healthcare setting again, I got to a point where I wasn't happy going into work. I wasn't yeah. happy with my day. I was exhausted. I was broken because yeah. I was being worked so hard. And it would have been so much easier just to stay in that. I mean, I could have gotten management there and I'm like, mm, yeah, that'd be easy, right? That, yeah, okay. You know, I'm a hard worker. This will be great. But it wasn't feeding me. It wasn't giving me happiness at the end of the day and the end of the week, right? And I was noticing I was complaining more than I was happy and joyful. So I just want people to know that it isn't, it's not going to be easy. (laughs) You got to have grit and resilience. Like you have to push to make change and you have to make the change. It's not comfortable. It's not easy, but it's worth it. So where I'm at today, you know, seven, eight years later from starting Balanced Fitness and Health is I'm seeing the fulfillment of all my hard work, my grit, resilience, and I get to sit back and just watch other people flourish or other therapists, give them a place to work that's what they went into school for, right? Um, And allow people to come through our door to get true healing Um, and that is something that, again, at the end of my day, at the end of my life, that in retirement, I will never regret. I think I would have re- regretted staying in a job just to get paychecks. You know, I didn't have money. <laughs> I didn't have any. It, it's worth it if you keep fighting through it. So I just want people to know that it's not just easy. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is not. 
and you know be authentic be real and um and seek help um you know for those you know for business assistance and and things like that yeah i think that one of the biggest lessons that i'm taking away from you today is is around vulnerability and and i'm kind of equating it to the humility part right so which is to to say don't think you have to have it all figured out. Right. Number one, don't be afraid to ask for help. Number two, right. That, I see leaders make this mistake all the time. Mm-hmm. I made that mistake. It dang near cost me a career at one point uh, because I was under the impression that I was supposed to know this stuff. So we hide it. Right. We fake it. Yeah. And then you find out, man, you're, you are not getting it done. And so, so to me, that's a, a really two valuable takeaways there that, that you were just talking about some from the vulnerability to, to, to again, seek the help, uh, but then also have that fire, the courage, the drive, uh, to, to push and, and persist. Yeah, Cause you still have to persist. You still have to get to an end conclusion. You know, right. you can't just sit through like, Oh, I'm going to quit, but I'm not going to put, you know keep fighting to get what I want. Well, I think the other big thing too is you learn from mistakes. Absolutely. Not, not necessarily mistakes that only you made, right? You learn from other mistakes that you saw people make, whether that would have been your dad, your parents. Maybe you saw mistakes your grandparents made, uh, coaches. Uh, obviously, you get into the workforce and the company you work for, what mistakes they made. And, and so you're a learner and right. you uh, not just learn it, but you apply what you learn to like, okay, I'm not going to do this. And you're going to make a mistake. You've made some, Absolutely. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And you're going to make some in the future, but you're going to learn from every single one of them. And that's mm-hmm. the cool part. Yeah. And on the other end of, you know, mental health too, you know, there's been times obviously through, <laughs> through my life that yeah. I've struggled with depression and okay. anxiety type issues, which I'd have to admit that probably the whole world has, yeah. if they like to admit it again, there's vulnerability there. So, you know, you go through life and you're feeling that depression, which I think every person that goes through a divorce does, that's taking care of a three and a one year old by yourself mm, man. <laughs> and taking your thoughts. So it is reframing your thinking, right? So taking those negative thoughts that you put on yourself, I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. Nobody's going to come to me. Nobody likes me, you know, like all those negative thoughts You have to reframe those. So as we sit here and say, I have determination, resilience, all of those, it's because I have to work on it Mm -hmm. day to day. I take those thoughts, those negative thoughts that come in and try to just tear you down and I hold them captive and I reframe them. So then I turn it around and be like, oh, somebody call. I am a good person. You know, what what do I have? What gifts do I have? Have I made mistakes? All those mistakes in my past you know, that I've also done, (laughs) you know, by getting in a car, by getting, you know, that was still my fault. You know, I can put myself back into there and feel defeated and punish myself for things, but you need to stop that thought, those thought processes. I I assume there is nothing, if you look back that you would, I mean, you might have some things that you wish went different, but that you wouldn't go back and change if you had the time machine right now, would you? I wouldn't because I'm so blessed with where my life is right now. I mean, my, you know, my faith, (laughs) my family and, Mm. and there's still hardships. Um, but it's like, it's given me just this deep down strength that, yeah, I can teach other people. Right. And you can, 
that's what's helping me with empathy. It's helping me relate to the people that we serve. And again, if I can stop someone from hurting themselves or to just go into deep depression from an injury, um, then that's success. Help them be heard. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. If we have helped people and they have, we have a hundred percent client satisfaction, amazing testimonials and people coming back to visit us and give us hugs, then that's, that's for me a blessing. (laughs) Well, and that, that sounds like kind of a a good natural spot to kind of wind down here. So for people that are in the, the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area, uh, how, how can people get a hold of you for your services? But also if you're outside of the Cedar Rapids, Iowa area and you just want to contact Melissa, I'm, I would assume sure. you're open to that. Yeah. Um, we'll put the, the links in there, but tell us a little bit about the business and who you serve and uh, how people can get a hold of you. Sure. So we have two locations in the Cedar Rapids area. Um, we have one out by the airport. Mm-hmm. Southwest side. Southwest yeah. side. We're building a lot of industrial locations yeah. out there. So great spot for us for our workers comp. Yeah. Um, we're also in Hiawatha. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the the home base for me. This is where yeah. the, all the grit got going. So I keep my office in here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go online um, to the website. And there's a contact us page too okay. to reach out. So balancedfitnessandhealth.com. Yep. And yeah, I would love to connect with people and we're always here to help as people heal and through. You guys, you guys have a social media game. You've got, we do? You, you, your YouTube videos have, uh, have done well, actually. There's some of them have, like, I know you, we always want more, <laughs> right? Well, but, yeah. but, uh, you've got some that have had quite a few views. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, maybe you didn't know that, but I, yeah. I had checked them out. I'm like, man, they got some good content here. Yeah. And there's Facebook postings and stuff, but I'm just not on it. Yeah. I just have it for the business account right. set up and I'm like, okay, good. So yeah. yes, we continue to evolve and try to work on, on that aspect as well. You want to touch on any like uh cast a vision for the future for balance, fitness and health? You know, I really, what it's become about is finding the the point of where everybody is happy we're building our team at a good you know like level not too fast of growth yeah. so i think yeah. god'll just unfold it as it's meant to be we're right now i'm very blessed i'm able to spend time with my my kiddos um and just have a little bit more of the balance yeah. in in my life which I'm going to really enjoy. Again, you're working on it. I know that. I'm working on it. Yeah. Every, yeah you just yeah. work on it. Just try to keep leveling it out. Well, this has been great. Thanks for uh, thanks for agreeing to do this. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and uh, I hope that you're seeing the integrity, the, the authenticity, the genuineness that comes from what she's trying to do here. And, and I hope that it's inspired, you know, a thought or something that you want to do different. And that's what this whole podcast is about. It's like, how do we serve? And it's my favorite thing about doing these conversations. So thanks again. And we'll catch you all next time on uh, the next episode of Lead Through Values.